and welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davidson, and I am joined by my good buddy, Ethan Huffman. Now, Ethan, uh, we are uh, rapidly trying to uh, well, get a lot of the preseason pods in because, well, it snuck up on me. Uh, at, at the end of the last pod, I was like, oh, wait, I thought the end of the season, or sorry, the beginning of the season was starting at the end of October. And that was not factual, Ethan, and you, you uh, corrected me in the error of my ways. Yeah, October 18th is right around the corner. You know, it's basically a week from today as we're recording currently Monday night. We're actually going to probably release this on Wednesday or, or Thursday this week. But, yeah, we're recording basically a week before the NBA season started. And I couldn't be more excited. I'm excited to have a, you know, quick peruse through my phone any given day to see if the Blazers tickets have dropped low enough for me to just scamper over to the Moda Center and go to a game. It's truly my favorite time of the year, and I also enjoy Portland with a little bit of misty rain and cooler temperatures. Looking forward to the NBA season as a whole. Just makes me happy that it's coming around. Well, I um, am just ready for ready for basketball. Like for for me, basketball season for coaching for me is, is starting up very soon, and usually what will happen is I'll you know go get us to practice, then I'll come home, time to eat, and I'll throw on a game and. Uh, I'm, I'm ready for it, excited for it, uh, and we're going to do our last division uh, breakdown, uh, and you know what? We were talking a little pre-pod here. I, I, this is not my favorite division to talk about, I don't think. Just, just I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of underwhelming stuff happening in this division, just in my eyes. There are a couple of interesting teams, no doubt, but uh, when it, when it, when it, comes to it I feel like like the Memphis Grizzlies went and pushed to get to you know two seed last year like that was awesome right the Dallas Mavericks making it to the conference uh finals that was exciting for them right the Pelicans surging and you know becoming this kind of team that people are you know jumping on board with after questioning some of the acquisitions you know CJ McCollum what's he doing on this team now uh with this direction and um and then the offseason has come and gone, and there's just, there hasn't been tons that, I think that this division is going to take many steps back um, with with quite a few teams, with where I think we are going to uh, be heading with this division. Let's just go ahead and start with the Memphis Grizzlies, and maybe you can push me back um, uh, from, from, from that initial feeling. Uh, but Memphis Grizzlies... 56 and 26 last year, right? Number two seed. Uh, they were successful, especially with John Morant. Um, they were successful without him, and as they dealt with injuries throughout the year. But they were a really deep team and had, you know, no matter what, especially when we got into the COVID days where just everyone was out, they had competent NBA players playing in basically all of those games. So they, they won a lot. And Going into the season, they're basically bringing back everyone minus De'Anthony Melton. And in in actually I should say they they also um, uh, lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves slow mo. So we I, I should mention that too. There's two two losses there, but they they attempted to fill the slow mo role um, in uh, David Roddy and Jake Laravia. You know, two guys who are kind of in the four. You know, they're forwards, and you know, David Roddy is you know a big, burly. Uh, you know, interest. He's an interesting 
style of player. Uh, Jake Laravia, hopeful, hoping to be able to catch and shoot. Um, Pay John Conchar. But they haven't really done much, I don't, I don't think, in the way of trying to make moves. They had the opportunity, right? They could have been a Jeremy Grant team. They have all their draft picks. They chose not to go in that direction. They dipped their toes into the Kevin Durant sweepstakes, said, oh, you want Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson Jr.? We don't want to mess up what we have because they're a team that really likes to be around one another from, from all we can see. And, and so you're really banking on internal development, which is possible, but it's not always linear. And so... Ethan, how do you feel about this team going into the season knowing Jared Jackson Jr. is coming back from injury a little bit? There's rumors that he's actually going to be, you know, back sooner rather than later. Um, you know, when they dropped that nugget like moments before all the Kevin Durant stuff happened and, and free agency. How do you feel about them uh, and, and this team? I really just do look at them as being kind of a hum-ho team. Like, I mean, it's just one of those things, like, I trust their coaching, even from what, before they got into a little bit of a winning ways um, with Taylor Jenkins' first season. They were they were successful, but they weren't, like, you know, world beaters by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, they did make the eighth seed, if I remember correctly, beating Golden State, or I can't remember exactly, but I think they, I believe they beat Golden State to make the playoffs uh, the year prior. Either way, like, I just trust, like, the continuity of this team. This is a team that just seems to get the most out of players, um, and they seem to build players around, like, it's a cohesive unit that they develop. You should, I mean, just look at the, the way they can run these lines, right? Like, Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. can start. Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark could start. Xavier Tillman and Jaron Jackson Jr. can start. Like, all these guys, like, you can see how these lineups can still fit together despite maybe not being completely whole. And that's what, like, enables them to play well and so consistently yeah, despite like the COVID and other injuries. I really just wonder like Zyra Williams' development is going to be critical because there's going to be, he's going to need to be an upper level three point shooter um, to, I would say, justify the extra minutes that he, I think, is most likely to eat up with Kyle Anderson stepping out and Danny Melton um, moving, being moved. And Danny Green, who is the replacement for Danny Melton, uh, Danny Melton not coming into the the fold until closer to like after the trade deadline or, or postseason run. So Zyra Williams development is going to be key. I think everyone else, you know, like those guys like Jerry Jackson Jr. probably needs to just continue his defense of the player of the year kind of like run he was trying to get on. Um, his shooting could use some work. Dylan Brooks needs to learn what his role is or be moved. I would actually be in big favor of moving him if you could get anything of value for him. Um, but yeah, this team is going to make the playoffs. They're going to be really solid. 50 wins, I think, is probably their high side. I, I think 44 is their low side. I, I, I just look at this team as solid. And that's what you get with a John Morant star and Tyus Jones as a backup. Yeah, I mean, John Morant is such a, you know, such a mismatch for, uh, for teams, you know, outside of, you know, Gary Payton II, you know, that, that was kind of why he was there in, in Golden State, um, obviously now in Portland. Like, having these... Because a lot of times, like, when you go out to get, like, these defenders, uh, it's a lot of, all right, we want you to be multi-positional and all that stuff. Now that's that's great because they're, in the course of the regular season, you're going to see a lot of different people. But having to defend John Morant is a different beast. And then you also have to deal with the with the spacing of Desmond Bain. And, and you mentioned Zaire Williams needing to make um, a leap and a jump. Like, each of the previous, like, 
rookie selections here, John Desmond Bain, made a big jump going from year one to year two. And so perhaps that's in the cards for Zaire Williams. Um, they do love the Jerry Jackson Jr. Brandon Clark uh, lineup. I am curious to see which of these rookies ends up getting some run because that's it's going to happen. And again, John Cotter also, I think, is going to step into a larger role this year than I think he has in previous years. But all that to say is, uh, like, I, I don't, I see this team as being one that's fighting for, um, I don't know, I, I, I don't think that they're a, a no-doubt home court advantage team. Like, the West is very difficult. So I think they're fighting for that. They're fighting for that four, you know, three or four seed. But you're going to have to deal with, you know, all the other teams out West that are really good, right? The Clippers are back. Uh, the Nuggets are going to be pushing higher than they were uh, last year, right? Those two teams coming to full health, you'd assume, are going to have something to say. Not to mention, you know, the teams that are kind of struggling right now. We'd have to the Warriors and, and, the, and the Suns, kind of, there's a little bit of turmoil there. Uh, but they're still great, great teams. I, I mean, they're, and, and, you know, the Timberwolves I are going to look to be a good regular So, like, they're going to have to deal with um, the rest of the West, maybe outside of this division, getting better um, substantially and... So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. There's still going to be a very difficult matchup uh, for teams in the uh, sorry in in the postseason when when they get there. I think it'll be a really interesting matchup. But I just wonder, like, is this team primed for a consolidation trade of some sort? And can you do so without giving up Ja, Desmond, um, or Jaren? Like that's that's the that's the question. Yeah, that that's a good point. And I think the the injury of Danny Green, like him coming into a team hurt hurts their ability to do that because a guy like Dylan Brooks is going to be needed if you don't have a, a guy like Danny Green to kind of stay in the corner and do his job catching and shooting. You got a guy to rely on the more like I would say hot and cold nature of a Dylan Brooks or you're relying on two rookies coming in and filling a catch and shoot role. And that's a lot to it's a lot to ask. I, I would love to see Dylan Brooks moved on. Um, he he really is the only truly hot and cold guy on this team. Because and th- let me expl- explain that a little bit. Like I look at John Moran. If he can't shoot for a game, he still is relentless at getting to the rim. Tyus Jones is one of the most steady hand backup point guards. Like just assist to turnover ratio out like crazy good and solid defender. And the po- important part being solid defender. You go Desmond Bain. Even if he's having an off shooting night, like not making you know his casual 44% from three, the man is a great defender for his position. Dylan Brooks, the, he's the liability. Because even when he is, he is a solid defender, he fouls too much. He's a liability. He gets you in foul trouble. He puts you in a bind. Helps the offense usually because he's so hot and cold on offense too. But he puts you in a bind with some of his foul trouble. Zaire Williams, even when he's not making a shots, he's a high-quality you know, secondary defender. Jaron Jackson Jr., great defender. His foul trouble is making a little bit. But even if he's struggling offensively or if he's struggling defensively because of fouls, he usually can help you in the shooting. And like All these guys help both sides of the court other than maybe Steven Adams, who just isn't a turnover machine as a center, which I guess that's all you can really ask for. Like Everyone just helps quality basketball. That's why they're so consistent, even when John missed time last year. I mean, Steven Adams is, is really helpful for both of their guards. Like, in the highway screen, he's able to provide for John Morant and his ability to find Desmond Bain. Like, I'd have to go back and look at numbers, but I believe that 
a lot of Desmond Bain's catch-and-shoot three opportunities are coming off of uh, passes from Steven Adams. And so I... Um, I think he's helpful, but like that's the that's the spot where you're like, well, could you make a move there? There was some talk at the by the deadline of last year, and it kind of fizzled out. But it's like a could this be a Miles Turner kind of destination? What if it's Stephen Adams in the first and you get Miles Turner? And oh wow, imagine the spacing now that you have with him next to Jaron, and you know he's a great defender. But I do think you lose a little bit of the the small things that that Stephen Adams does. Um, I think you'd lose that, but I wonder if you if you gain that back from just the the spacing um, that you'd have. Um, I don't know. That was an interesting one to, to to me to think about. But without making and and maybe they shouldn't make a splashy move. Maybe maybe this is just hey let's we we've done the internal development from this point. Let's let's continue to bank on it. Uh, I believe that they extended Stephen Adams, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's, it's not showing up on the, uh, um, like on trade NBA or, or on, um, a basketball reference, but I, I think that he just did. So maybe Spotrack could have it, but, but still this team is, like you said, they are solid. I think that they're going to probably win the division here if, if we're, if we're saying that, but I think it says like the four or five seed, not as like the two seed last year. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I put that 44 to 50 wins. Like, I think there's regression no matter what. Um, but, like, I, like I, that's what I would say. is like they're battling for that home court advantage. Like, anywhere three, like, anywhere as high as three. But they could also have some struggles, and they could dip down to, like, where they're looking at, like, barely making it out, it out of the play-in. Like, it's just, it's just one of those things that there's a lot of positive momentum for teams in the Western Conference this year. Um you know, just a lot of teams are bringing stars back. They're at, they made some new additions. Like there's just a lot of, a lot of mo- movement happening in the NBA this year. Like, like I said, last pod or two pods ago, that I caught a little flack for last pod is there's a lot of teams trying and some of them are going to fail. But there's a lot of teams looking to put their best foot forward. A team that is looking to do that as well is the Dallas Mavericks. And you know what? They, they bungled some things uh, this off season, had a nice run. Writing Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson, but Jalen Brunson's not here anymore, Ethan. Uh, we've spoken about that trade um, already. Previous pod, you could probably go back and listen to it if you need to. But what that's done is it's opened that paired with the additions of Javale McGee and Christian Wood have made for just some interesting lineup decisions and and questions for me that come like well. Are we changing our scheme now? Like some of our defensive and I mean, the offensive scheme is just Luca, but just having JaVale McGee there in whatever stints he's able to beat, you know, it's like, hey, let's get just a better Dwight Powell, like someone who can roll hard to the rim and he's, he's taller. Yeah, he's going to make some weird, he's going to do some weird things. Like I saw him uh, off of a Luca behind the back pass shoot a three point shot from the corner. Uh, in you know in the preseason like that's if that happens it's ridiculous but it this is a it's a weird team um and i guess if if you're believing in the mavericks it's lucas coming into the season in shape not having to play himself into shape uh 
that seems kind of nice. I think that if you look most, a lot of the betting for MVP is probably on Luka just because, uh, hey, maybe it's his time, narrative-driven stuff, hasn't won it before, you know, I don't think Jokic could win it a, a third time. It would probably take Giannis being the, the one seed and having the Oscars. He has the same year every year. He's just awesome all the time, and but you know, people get tired of it. And, and so he's he's like, he's up next, one would one would think. Um, but they got to win. And, and so I think if you think that they're winning, you, you probably hope that Tim Hardaway Jr. is coming back healthy. You hope that Christian Wood um, fits whatever role it is, like, he probably should be starting at power forward alongside of like Maxi Kleber um, at, at the five. Like that's what I'd like. That's probably what you're finishing with unless he's looking like a train wreck defensively. Um, but I don't, I don't know how, I don't know who else gives you that defense. Like it's, it's a weird thing. You've got Berton stashed way, way down, you know, deep on this roster too. Like this is an expensive team. But it just the loss of Brunson, just you wonder, you know, are they going to be able to get that spark from Dinwiddie or Hardaway? Like Josh Green, I don't trust Josh Green. Really haven't ever trust him, trusted him. Um, like Finney Smith is nice, but he's old. He's on the older side. I, I just think they'll be solid. They just got to have a whole lot of, like, other teams having bad injury luck, them having good injury luck, and figuring out, like, what does the scheme look like with, with you know, getting lots of JaVale? Like, this was a team under Kidd that, that did some, you know, interesting things defensively. What does that look like now? Um, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? I, I just want to say, like, I think that they have a lot of depth. It's just weird depth, right? Like, they have a bunch of guys who can come out and contribute. Like, when I look at this team, obviously we know Luka is the entire hub. And then you got two shoot, two like I would say rock solid shooters in Bullock and Hardaway Jr. Those guys are dialed in. We know that they can shoot. It's just a matter of does it go in? Who knows? Dorian Finney-Smith has put up back to back 39% three point shooting. Like I'm not gonna say that that's necessarily here to stay. The year before it was 37, and before that he was a 31 and, and below three point shooter. Like so, I would say he's trending the right way for his 29. I believe 29 or 30 year age season. Christian Wood, I think is a great shooter from the five. If you push him to the four, he's looking a little bit less good. We all know that um, while he shouldn't play a much, um, our boy Bertans has a laser. The Latvian laser, I believe was his nickname uh, for a time. Like, I think the point I'm trying to get to, and um, including Maxi Kleba in this discussion as a, a solid shooter, like they have plenty of guys out here who can, who can spread the floor for Luka and provide that super-duper offense that we all come to know and love. But it's a bunch of, like, this guy does this, this guy does that. How does it all come together? Because Bertans, shooter, no defense. Kleba, above-average defender, okay score. okay score. Powell, elite roller, not very good at defense. McGee, good rim protector, not good at anything else, good finisher at the rim as well. Christian Wood, full, full-fledged offensive force. At the end of a pick and pop or roll, but defense, we haven't seen him on a winning team enough to know if that can work at all. And then, you know, Bullock and Finney Smith are good defense. Like, other than Finney Smith, Bullock, and other than Finney Smith and Bullock, you don't really have that guaranteed lockup two way guy. Because you go deep on the bench, Frankie smokes, he doesn't, he can't score. Like, that's the problem with this team, is when they get deep into a, a series, deep into a playoff matchup, do they have enough guys who 
belong on both sides of the court to put together winning basketball. I think regular season, they're going to overpower a lot of teams. I think this team actually is what who wins this division this year. I think, you know, look, looking at Luka as, like, if you said, okay, you're betting on you're betting on Luka or Jaw, who's going to be playing more games? I'm going to bet Luka. And with that in mind, I'm just going to – I know that they had a great amount of success last year, the Grizzlies did. Without De'Anthony Melton as a, like, another steadier handball ball guy, Desmond Bain's going to step into that. He's going to do great. I just look at the Mavericks as a really good, this is going to be a consistency team bet. And even if, like, Wood misses games, they're fine. They have Bertans. If Cleveland misses games, it's fine. They have Powell. Like, they have enough depth and just players out here that they could sustain a couple of injuries. And all it does is tighten the rotation to what a more playoff rotation would look like. And I think that equals the best team in this division. Um, for regular season success. If the cohesiveness of their lineup can come together, they might be the best for playoff success, as we saw them make it to the conference finals last year. Um, Obviously, that was with a very important Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I mean, but I do like, I do like the idea of, you know, the Mavs can go super, like, they can go supersized with it um, and still maintain their shooting and spacing, which is a thing. It's like, Luka with spacing is a really good team and they can do that um they i don't think though like obviously if any injury to luke is a problem but like the other person who i think can't sustain an injury on this team is finney smith i think if he goes down you start to not be able to, to defend wings properly and you run you run into some issues if he goes down i don't see like i don't trust josh green I don't think Reggie Bullock can can slide up and take some of the bigger wing matchups that Finney Smith uh, can and has. I don't trust Tim Hardaway Jr. on that end as well. I guess it's Maxi, um, but then, like, it, it's I I don't know. I I feel like if if you are putting like I feel like that's a little too much. <laughs> um, uh, it, you know. Like, JaVale, Christian Wood, and Max Klebert. Like, that, that, seems, that seems a lot out there. So that's the one where I get a little bit concerned. Um, but I do like them come come postseason, especially because I think they have another move to make. Like, like Dwight Powell, what's his use on this team right now? I don't know if he has one. But he a, has a $10 million salary slot. Like, all right, let's, let's go ahead and find, find a move, you know, find a place for him. Or Tim Hardaway Jr. Maybe he looks all right. And he becomes superfluous. All right, let's go ahead and find the right move, uh, or, you know, trade for. I don't know. Perhaps that happens. That's what I'm keen in on. I'm looking at Hardaway Jr. with his uh, decreasing salary, but he's at 19 and a half this year. I'm looking at Bertans and his um, basically 16, 17, 16 over the next three years. I'm and I'm looking at Powell. I'm wondering if a Hardaway and Powell or a Bertans and Powell moving off consolidate maybe get someone who might be slightly overpaid has maybe one less year than Hardaway or uh, Bertans and all of a sudden you're getting a guy who's a little bit more enabled to contribute this year to helping Luka Doncic run offense or to be an elite catch and shoot guy I'm just looking at those guys specifically those three I think are the guys you would like to see replaced with a better player I think everyone else in the lineup I think you like what they could bring like if, if Christian Wood playing for the first like real winner of his life like he has the capacity to be a good defender. Like he can he can challenge at the rim. He's lengthy. You're probably stuck in a drop type of defensive scheme, but he definitely has the capacity to play a drop scheme if he 
you know, put his mind to it. There's no doubt in my mind about that. I think you like McGee as kind of a table setter to get, you know, 10 points, five in each start each half, you know, like I really like those pieces. I really think it is. It's Powell, Hardaway Jr. and Bertans. Those guys, if you can figure out a trade for all three of them to get one really good one or two of them to get one decent one. Like, I mean, I don't know how you trade all three. That's a lot of money, but more or less, those are the three guys who are on the move. That's the problem. It's a lot of money. And I look around and it's like, well, well, first of all, I don't even know who you could package two of them together with like that. That starts getting, a, a you know, a bit expansive. I mean, I, I guess you have to look at teams like, like what, like the Jazz? Like, okay, uh, does... If the Kings have bad injuries and Harrison Barnes yeah, yeah, is available. No, like, I mean, those yeah, kinds but like, of teams. If, but like, like the Heat are going to throw an offer that I think is going to be like they're they see i think they're more willing like guess guess who harrison barnes what team he used to be on before they shipped him off i don't think they're gonna all of a sudden get the hots for harrison barnes again um but like would a malik beasley be of interest okay then you're just shipping off one person there would a kyle kuzma look really nice i think i think kyle kuzma is someone who i might go after and be able to you know do some three four type stuff uh, there about Jay Crowder and Powell swap because those kind of help both teams. Like the the key, the 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 Suns are lacking in you know I would say a really good roller for that Chris Paul or Devin Booker who runs a lot of pick and roll. I don't I'm not know saying if it's I could... perfect. I'm just saying like no, that's yeah. that's a salary that fits. It is a salary that fits. I I mean I don't think the if Jay Crowder's unhappy, I don't know what he's unhappy about necessarily, but if it's his role and if who's coming like I don't think he's gonna go over there and like how is Christian Wood gonna feel about him going, Hey, guess what Greg Crowder's a starting for? Like that 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 gets a little bit, you know. If the if the Hornets pack it in, Gordon Hayward for Hardaway Jr. and Powell. I'm just saying, uh, a guy just... who can catch and shoot and move the ball and play a little bit of defense. Like I'm saying, these are the kind of moves that they need to be keeping an eye out for. Because that'd be one less year on like the long term. And it'd be, I think, a player upgrade. That's the kind of move I'm looking at for this team. I like where they're at anyway for like making the playoffs and still being a, a noisy team because Luke is incredible. We know that. That's that's the kind of move I'm looking for. Now, if if they're trying, to, you know, Jalen Brunson's gone, but like, could this be a Mike Conley destination as well? Like to try to get someone like him in for a couple of these guys. I'm just like just to kind of have the the like. It's they're not the same, but they're both small guards that are left-handed, a little, 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 you know, a little shifty, and you know, can any any give any given guy on the Jazz could be heading to Dallas. Like it could be, it could be Conley, it could be Beasley or Clarkson, it could be both. <laughs> it could be Rudy Gay, it could be Taylor. Like I'm telling you, there's so many guys on the Jazz that could end up on any given team, and with the like like salaries that we're seeing between the Jazz and Dallas, I wouldn't be shocked. But again, I think we don't need to scheme up any more tra- fake trades uh, at this point in the season. We probably should just move on to the uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Pelicans um, again did did basically nothing except for draft Dyson Daniels. Um, I mean, they retained their own guys. They said, "Here, take take a bag." C.J. McCollum here, Zion Williamson, Zion Williamson, take a bag. Um, 
I think they might be trying to figure something out with Jackson Hayes. I don't know, but they said Larry Nance here. You can have this too. Um, and so they basically just said, we're going to keep the guys we have, but we're not going to go over the tax this year. Like, they're, the tax is going to hit next year, and they're an interesting, curious team for me. I think the, the only moves that you are going to have there are cost-cutting moves, which usually is a bad thing, but I could see, like, Devontae Graham, I don't see the point of here, and so if that's your cost-cutting move, then I think you're fine, right? Or if it's, let's go ahead and, um, you know, take uh, Garrett Temple's uh, $5 million and get rid of it, okay. Like, I think that there's there's probably a move or two to be had um, I do think that they would look to move Devontae Graham for an expiring because some of that money's going to hit and he really is unnecessary. Uh, I don't know why they did that. Uh, it was confusing at the time. But overall, the thing that you're hoping with with this team is, hey, Zion Williamson is back. And we, we, we know how awesome of an offensive player he is. Um, the question with him has always been health and the question is also um, defense and kind of what it takes to uh, like make things fit around him. Like the Pels found something last um, postseason, that little run, which uh, you know they were able to have because Paul George caught COVID. But uh, they made a little run, uh, looked looked respectable against the Phoenix Suns. Um, C.J. McCollum, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas, and then piecing together, you know, the other guys in, in the lineup. Uh, Jose Alvarado got, you know, got some time. Trey Murphy was looking nice. You know, you got Larry Nance. But bringing back Zion isn't necessarily all additive. Like, it is, like, a very value add, but you're also taking things away. Like, Herb Jones worked because you had a lot of spacing at every, you know, everywhere else. Now having Herb, Zion, and Jonas Valanciunas out there, is that going to work? I don't know. I, 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 it makes me think that, like, but I think I think you need Herb Jones out there defensively. But just writing it out there, looking, it's like, all right, so the CJ, McGo- CJ McCollum, they really don't have a point guard. I guess you could argue it's CJ, or they have enough ball handling, Ingram, Zion, right? They have enough. But it's like C.J. McCollum at the one, Herb Jones at the two, Brandon Ingram, Zion Jonas. Like, it's a weird lineup. I don't understand it. Um, I, I, just, I just don't. Uh, Trey Murphy's nice. Larry Nance is is nice. Uh, Alvarado, obviously, you have him in, in small sense. I am sad for Kyra Lewis. Um, can we get him off this team? But, please. But it's, I don't know how much they play Dyson Daniels this year. I don't know, um, but just I, I'm curious. The, the thing I'm interested about with this team is how does it look with Zion? Uh, do they fit or do they start running into some issues with uh, like their offense? Zion is he an offense unto himself where it doesn't really matter who the other guys are that he can just apply so much rim pressure that it provides open shots? Can Herb Jones hit enough wide open shots because he's going to have them? Um, Cassidy McCollum continue to 
do well in this role. These are interesting things that I'm looking for, but this was a team that was well well below 500 last year. Um, so I think, I mean, this for sure for me is a play-in team. Um, the question is, are they more of the 7-8 or are they more of the 9-10? Yeah, I think they're going to have a hard time climbing like above 7. Now, I kind of am in more of in the, I'm, I think I'm more closer to the camp. I haven't like, you know, di- really pieced out exactly how many wins I think everyone's going to have. But I feel really good about this team because I think they have so many options. Like, I look at a guy like, I like they have three guys in their starting lineup who can win you a game by themselves in, like, the you know the traditional NBA way. Like, three guys, like, I haven't looked up their all-career highs. But like, I feel like CJ, Brandon, and Zion can all score 50 points in a game, which is what, like, that's like a, a pretty impressive thing to have. Like, I look at, like, you know, Herb Jones, his role being reduced is, is really a sad casualty. But I think a real easy solution for that is Valanciunas doesn't play to close the game out unless you're playing, you know, against the guy. He, he You just need his size to slow down, like against a Jokic maybe. Everyone, almost any other team in the league, I think Herb Jones can play center minutes and slow down most centers. I mean, I guess, but like, what, yeah, but, like, I want him slowing down the wing which is the person you're usually going to be concerned about. Maybe, I mean, the, the, the question for coming out was always, can Zion Williamson be a small ball center? Uh, his defense has not quite been there, uh, which it was surprising to me. I, I don't know. I don't know where, where that went from Duke because he was like, that was the defensive prospect that he was at Duke just vanished and he became this awesome offensive one, right? But... Which he always I, was. Yeah. Like, I, if he, if, if Valchunas isn't out there, then it's Nance. Nance is the one that's in there. And he's your small ball center. So, he, yeah, if, if you need, like, a center center, I agree that Nance is your closing center. But I really could see a lineup that's Zion, Murphy, Jones, Ingram, McCollum, where you, now you have only Jones and Williamson who can't shoot. But, like, we, Zion can shoot. Like he, and he's got the ball in his hand. It's less important that he can shoot because you can't really stop him getting to the rim. And Herb Jones, I think, can make enough corner threes or be active enough as a screener that it doesn't really matter. But I look at the, like, the key to this team having regular season and then maybe even like some noise in the first round is Larry Nance has to be on his shooting game. He has to shoot well this year. In his minutes, he has to be a floor spreader. And Trey Murphy has to play has to be a good shooter, and I, I believe he will be. I think Trey Murphy is the most likely like breakout candidate on the team, unless you count Herb Jones. But I, I've already, I already consider Herb Jones an NBA guy. He's a lockdown defender. He's a good cutter. If he can shoot at all, that's great. I'm looking at Trey Murphy's development as the, the key. I, for me, it's, it's Zion Williamson's defense. Like if, if that, if that can be, if we can get that back to, I don't know, something, then we're cooking now. Uh, I would like to see that. It's just been so long since seeing him play for real that I, I, I probably forget how bad it is. Cause like, I just think like, who can't he guard? Like in terms of like the front court that who can't, who shouldn't, who, who can't he guard? Okay. Like, I, but he was, he was bad. I remember him being bad. I don't remember like watching it. Like I can't remember the, like the perfect examples, but like, how can he not guard every center in the NBA? Other than maybe like a bam out of bio, who is like almost as strong and like knows where he's going. So like, like him, how can like he Jokic not be the weak side guy? How can he not that, be the weak too? side, like, 
like guy flying in uh you know the weak side low man like that's the one that like that should be his role and i think he'd be awesome at it but we just haven't really seen it i don't know go ahead Put, put him on the top of a zone. Just have him running around. And so then as soon as you get a rebound, you just have Jonas Valanciunas hucking the ball coast to coast. Because who's beating Zion in a jump ball? You, you either catch it too and he pummels you into the court or you uh, or you don't and he dunks on your head anyway. Like I think that's the key. Zion Williamson, top of a zone. It's a fun idea. It's a bad idea. <laughs> he plays on. the Derek Jones, Jr. Role, J- J- Derek Jones Jr. role that the Heat had uh, him doing a few years ago. Where he was getting a bunch of runouts. If you're doing a zone, put Herb Jones up there and just have him Herb wreck stuff. and Zion. Top of okay. the zone. Just yeah. being getting, menaces. Get, getting, getting crushed on the board with CJ McCollum trying to do things. All right. Um, let's get to this let's get to the sad part of this division. The especially sad part. No no more no more real fun talking here. Uh, these are the teams that are that we're watching basketball games last week uh that were that had no actual nba players in it um no nba players this year uh but players who will be nba players next year that's what they were watching they were watching a lot of victor they were watching a lot of scoot uh and they're gonna be trying to acquire them i could very well see i mean the san antonio spurs like the decision that they're gonna have to make is how many games will their uh you know the decision makers be at the Spurs games versus Metropolitan 92 games. That's the question that I have for the Spurs team. Like, what's the balance there? Because this is not going to be a team that, like, you look at it and you're like, okay, I like Devin Vassell. Well, Trey Jones is, you know, not, not a bad backup uh, point guard. Doug McDermott can shoot. Josh Richardson has been capable before. Kellen Johnson, I kind of like him. He took a contract that was really much smaller than it should have been. Jakob Pertl, been a lot of Jakob Pertl talk. Zach Collins can walk on his feet again. Like, there's some people here that, you know, you look at it and say, hey, that's, those aren't, some ba- those aren't bad NBA players. But then you realize, oh, wait, all, the, all we got to do is just give Josh Primo a lot of runway. All we got to do is say, you know what, Doug McDermott and Josh Richardson, you got ankle injuries today. And you know what? Let's go ahead and bring in Romeo Langford. You know, uh, Keldon Johnson, been nice. We're bringing uh, Jeremy Sohan and Isaiah Roby. Uh, we're going to be playing them today. Like, there's an easy way that the San Antonio Spurs, like, play a lot of people that aren't NBA players by the end of it. Like, this is the team that is going to rest here and there. Like, they're going to be doing a lot of what the Thunder have done in, in years past, I think. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I, I think this team will be enjoyable to watch in this one sense only if you are curious to, like, really watch the progression and development of certain players. Like, if you're a Joshua Primo guy, if you're a Blake Wesley guy, if you're a Romeo Langford guy, you're, they're going to get some burn, and you're going to get to find out if you're right or if it you at all, if it's you're completely wrong. Because I look at four players on this team, potentially a fifth, depending on if the other two get moved. Like, McDermott, Richardson, Pirtle, Collins, and Dang are all playing. Like, those guys, the only reason those guys are playing is to theoretically get moved, add more value to the Spurs down the road. Vassell, Keldon Johnson, and the rest of those guards, and then the rookie uh, Sohan. Like, all those guys, I think, are part of the, the next good Spurs team if they develop correctly. 
But McDermott's going to get burned to start the year because he someone's going to need a shooter, and the Spurs say, here he is. They're hoping Josh Richardson returns the 38 and above percent shooting and plays some decent defense because they're going to be like, hey, you need a 3 and D? Don't, min- don't don't worry that he's never actually done it in the postseason any given season, but he's available. Like that That's going to be what this team does with their veterans. And same thing for Pirtle. Um, Collins maybe a little bit less, but Pirtle and Dang are definitely – um, on their way to another team, I think, by the end of the season. Yeah, I I don't know who. Like, there's been a lot of Jakob Pertl discussion of, like, oh, yo, could he be the one that they send to uh, Phoenix for the DeAndre Ayton trade? You know, back, back when that was a whole thing. Like, could they do it? And it wasn't. But, like, he was talked up a whole lot. But you look out there, and it's like, well, well who who needs or wants that type of center, um, or, or wants him to, like, he's a competent, capable center, but what team out there is, is like, searching for that? Because, like you said, there are teams that are competing or probably have legitimate centers already uh, that he's not going to, you know, like, Miami's not trading for him, right? Boston's not trading for him. I'm just going down down the list, you know, nor the Bucks or the or the Sixers. The Raptors, I mean, maybe they want him back, but they've seemed to steer more into the 6'8 type of, of player. I mean, like, we start going down the list, and it's by the time we get to a certain point, it's like, well, these teams mo- have different motives now. Like, I mean, the Hornets, sure, they, 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 they would love to have a center. Oh, wait, they're wanting to tank this year. Like, that's where I wonder a little bit with, with someone like him, at least this year. For me, maybe it's he gets moved a year from now. I'm not sure. So, so here's my little like extra, extra thought here is the team I think that is an outside dark horse to trade for Jakob Pertl is the Portland Trailblazers as either a rental or the replacement for Yusef Nurkic. If Yusef Nurkic seems to be the problem in Portland to start the year, if let, let's say the Portland has a really good offense and their defense is still not holding up. Despite adding Jeremy Grant, despite, you know, at like Yusuf Nurkic having a full season back under that leg, I could see the Blazers having a lot of interest and in bringing in Pirtle, seeing if he brings a defensive edge. Like, I don't know what they would have to offload if they attach Nurkic, who just got a new contract this offseason. Yeah, or that, that's the problem. Like, or if they say we're bringing him in for competition and let him be upset in theory, and then they're sending out, you know, may, like maybe probably making a mistake and sending out a Shaden Sharp to get him for free. Like that'd be no, ridiculous. No, yeah. no, no, I'm no, just no, saying. No. Like, like it's there, it's Josh Hart or it's Nurkic in my Justice eyes. Winslow and two. Nasir Little. Like, I mean, there's 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 p- ways to piece it together. But the, my point is, if the team is not doing better or is not meeting expectation, I could see them saying. We're, we need the defense. We know Pirtle can play defense. Let da- like Let's get back to where we just let Dame try to carry us. And if we have someone at the rim, we can make it work. That's I think they are a – I look at them as a dark horse team. That if that defense can't come together, despite adding a lot of better defensive players around Damian and, and uh, Anthony, knowing Pirtle statistically is a good center, I could see them being a dark horse, dark, dark horse candidate to, uh, to acquire Pirtle. I want to see it, but I just can't because I can't see them doubling up at the center and I can't see San Antonio being like, sweet, for, you know, 
four years of, or however many years it is that he, you know, with his new contract, I, I just, I don't see it. I, I mean, because the, the, I mean, it, it, it could be a Grizzlies thing where maybe, maybe they just gave Adams the extension too. So I just, I struggle. Point is, you know, though, I, I just think a, a, a center like him doesn't really hurt your player's development, but he doesn't he might not help you win. You know, like he, he's a guy who passes well. He's a guy who theoretically could play defense. And again, if he play if he plays well, this is not this is off the table. But I think the Blazers will struggle from time to time with defense. Charlotte's. Yeah. Another good example. Maybe that, it's, like, maybe maybe it's Charlotte. Be, yeah. Be, because like, you know what? We want to play some defense. Uh, yeah, we're we're not going to be a good team, and he, trading for him is not going to make us a good team. It's just all right. Well, well who who are we? Is it a Kelly Oubre thing, or is it, I guess it's just Mason Plumley? Go ahead and shoot the Mason Plumley and pick one of our young guys that hasn't done, hasn't looked good. Like I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. Again, I'd. There's there's not a lot of good options because most teams are either that would be in the market that don't have their center in place or don't who want would want a center they're on the way down like I just think like that that just makes a lot of sense to me with the Blazers as a fit. Regardless of what happens, um, the San Antonio Spurs are going to be a team that ends up with a fourteen percent chance uh, at Victor Wembanyama. Which Victor Wembanyama? It's just going to happen. Um, whether they're the worst team in the league, second, third, or fourth, there's going to be a lot. But, like, they're going to have the the goods to be bad. Um, so, there that is. Rockets, last <laughs> team, um, who have been bad, been, you know, bottom three, uh, two years in a row. Um, and they, I, I don't quite get them. Um, they obviously did the Christian Wood trade, got him out of there, but they're still holding on to Eric Gordon. Like they, they've, they've wanted to keep him for reasons that baffle me. I mean, I know that you need to have a veteran in the room, but can't we get a cheap veteran? You know, can't we like, like Rodney Magruder's that guy for the, for the Pistons. Rodney Magruder's not taking anyone's salary spot or doing, you know, whatever he needs to do. I mean, like... If you're, if you're trying, like, I don't see the point of Eric Gordon on this squad because he's playing the same spot as Jalen Green, who, who is who is my future, right? Um, I, I don't, so I don't quite get him on the team because everyone else is, you know, young. You've got Jabari Smith, who you brought in, who's Gruba, you drafted last year, you know, uh, Josh Christopher, you drafted last year. Like, this team has had multiple first-round picks, like three of them last year and this year, um, you know, last year, Shangun, uh, Jalen Green, Josh Christopher, and Garuba. That's a lot. And then this year, you went Jabari Smith, Ty Ty Washington, and Tar Eason. Like, there's a lot of youth on this team, and I just don't know where the where the playing time comes in for some of these guys. I don't like that. That's that's been my issue with with how the Rockets have gone about this. Um, and, and maybe it's a, we're just going to throw things at the wall and whoever sticks, it sticks. But I don't think you're giving people the uh, environment to be able to stick um, as well as maybe they could. Um, it seems like they've invested in Shangun. Um, like Kevin Porter Jr. still kind of the, the, the weird point guard kind of prospect trying to show that he can do that next to Jalen Green. Jayshon Tate, they gave him some money. 
like, I, I just, I don't see the point of certain people on this team. Um, and maybe you can help me with that, or maybe it's just, uh, I, I just don't understand. Well, I, I think some of it's just like, they got offers and they just said, sure. Like, I, I, I haven't seen a lot of positive asset value plays. Like, I feel like they've just walked into a lot, walked into a lot of trades and said, sure, that doesn't hurt us at all. And then they've rolled with what they got. Like, you're just so right. Like, so many of these players just lack a purpose or a cohesiveness of how they can play together and develop together. Like, Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green are both two guards, but one of them has to technically be a point guard. You probably mentioned that already. I I really do hope, though. This is my hope. That Jabari Smith, being a catch-and-shoot guy, being a solid defensive player, I, I, I hope that he's, like, the first piece that really helps you decide if Jalen Green or if Kevin Porter Jr., or if Alfred Sengu, I hope he's like the piece that's just, I fit, I get in where I fit in guy. You know, he's, you know, going to shoot, you know, he's going to defend. And maybe you can find out through him, just kind of like being an example, who all, who all else works. Like you find out that Josh Christopher doesn't just ever pass at him in the corner when Smith's wide open or Ty Ty Washington can't hit Smith on a roll when he's doing a pick and roll. Like Jabari Smith's the kind of guy who I think while not having that, super elite upside, like looking like he's going to create for himself. That might be the perfect thing for this Rockets team um, while they're still looking for that guy. Or maybe they find out that Jalen Green is. I think that's the positive if you're a Rockets fan to uh, to take, is that Jalen, Jabari Smith might be the guy to help you understand who, who needs to be around. I still think they would have preferred to have gotten Paolo. <laughs> Just is the well, is my uh, feel I, of it, of I, course. I agree with you because I think Paolo is – his like he's a when you get Paolo, I think he's a Paolo team. Now I don't think a Paolo team is any good, personally speaking. Like I think Paolo <laughs> will go down as having a better career than Jabari Smith and, and a decent chance. But I I see Jabari Smith as a guy who it he doesn't need to be your best player on the team, but he contributes really well. Jabari Smith can like the way that he might be able to uh, star in his role. And be in the up like the upper echelon of fulfilling his role well is going to be better than what you think, um, you know, uh, Paolo might as the as the primary there. Exactly, you build a team around Paolo. You have a you you. I think there's just a very hard cap on how good you can be. I think Jabari Smith is the kind of guy who you, as soon as you get the right players around him he all of a sudden ascends and looks really special. Like, I, I just think, I think he's that kind of guy who's, he's, he just is going to contr- always contribute well. He's just a good basketball player. Whereas I think Paolo, he, he puts a cap on what you can do because he's not going to be effective without the ball in his hands. And I just think he's going to be mediocre. Like, he's going to be okay with the ball in his hands. We will see there. Um, I will say this is also a team. Again, the reason why I'm a little bit confused about this team um, is probably just because, hey, they they have no desire to be good this year. They just don't. And so I just need to be comfortable with that uh, because guess who would look really good at this team? Scoot or Wemby. Either of them are going to fit in real nice. You know, uh, this this team doesn't have a point guard. Well, Scoot Henderson, there you go, right? Oh, well, you know, Sh- Sh- Shengun, you know, he maybe doesn't have the uh, defensive uh, ability that you need to, and you, Jabari Smith helps. But guess who looks really nice next to Jabari Smith? Wemby does. Like imagine having to deal with 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 that defensive front court. 
Um, and, and, you know, now we're cooking. So I, this team's trying to be bad. Um, and they will be bad because there's just so much youth on this team. So many mistakes that are going to be made. Um, again, this is another team. Both of these teams, I think, are right down there at the bottom by the end of, um, by the end of the season. Yeah, I think I think the Rockets win more games than the Spurs because I think there's a few more guys out here hungrier to get paid, whereas the Spurs, at least with the guys who they're developing, Primos and Vassell are still away from getting, are still two years from getting paid. Kellen Johnson or a guy's extension, and I think Pirtle's likely to be moved. Everyone else is well away from getting paid. Like I look at the the Rockets, and there's a lot of guys who are, you know, going to be looking to get paid closer than than uh, these guys. And and it's just a matter of the Houston's taking the approach of let the young guys play, um, and we'll we'll you know sink or swim with it. Whatever happens happens. Um, the only person who's getting shut down or traded is Eric Gordon. Like that, that like that's just what's going to happen. Only person out of the lineup, and everyone else is just going to be doing their thing. Whereas the Spurs are going to yeah, let's let the young guys play. Primo, you know, get some run and stuff. But then they're also going to be doing the other self sabotage. Um, along the way with some of the veterans. Is this a guy who could end up on the uh, the Mavericks, Eric Gordon, for any one of those guys to make this team, the Mavericks just a little bit better? I mean, I'm sh- sure. I just don't care for for him there. Like, do I know that Eric Gordon's any good anymore? I don't. It, it is hard to say. But if, 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 the, if you give the Rockets a, a little bit of pick capital to have one less year on the books and send off Hardaway, I, I, I don't I don't think that sending off Hardaway for Eric not Gordon, worth the I mean, squeeze for you. I no I don't think so. I like get, give me give give me give me someone who can grow a little more on Lucas timeline than just yeah give me that give me give me Kyle Kuzma please. Listen, I think Kyle Kuzma should be one of the most sought after players in the NBA this year with the Wizards not going anywhere and just his size and generic ability to be an okay player. Like now that he's gotten to the correct role in his life, he's, I think he's figured it out a little bit. Be a sweet seventh man. Yeah. Or a sixth man. Like what? Like sixth man's fine too. Just under, or you could start him and just not, not feature him. That's fine too. All right. Well, Ethan, we've gone through every division um we'll see how many more pods we are able to squeeze out before the actual season uh comes i know I, we're gonna see each other um uh, you know in, in less than a week we're gonna get some golf in um but uh, we'll see how whether that leads to a pod occurring or not pro- pro- probably not um so we'll, we'll see what we're able to do before the end of season but if not you know ethan i'm ready ready for it I'm so excited to have something to do in my evenings guaranteed every day. Whereas, like, right now, oh, I can watch shows and I can go out to, you know, dinner and stuff like that. But I'm going to be so excited, like, when there's not a plan, I have a plan. And then sometimes I get a plan around basketball. Already going. October 24th, I'm going to the Blazers-Nuggets game. It's also good to not have to watch primetime Denver Broncos, which unfortunately have been on the TV uh, in too many of the evenings so far in this season. So like having something else to flip to or just start out at would be nice. Well, and I mean, I obviously watch plenty of football and I'm an Eagles fan, so they're doing well. So like little complaints in the football department for me so far this season. 
but I am so much more enthused by basketball than football. It's uh, again, yes, to, yeah. to roll out to the TV and be like, I can justify turning basketball on instead of football. That sounds just pure, perfect. Looking forward to pure it. Pure bliss. All right. See you, buddy.